0: And recently, I've been getting into talking to people who um, place things on the GM's Guild. Um, They've been real hoot. Like, their creative spirit and talking to them kind of gets me amped up every time. (laughs) It's super awesome.
1: My name is Brock, and this is the Dungeon Master's Toolkit Podcast. On today's episode, I talk to Adrian Lawrence from the Dungeons & Degrees podcast. We talk about how he found his initial group of players online. He also has some non-conventional DM prep that he talks about. We also uh, discuss dealing with player combos and making sure that different pieces of the game don't get broken. And along those lines, homebrewing items and abilities and monsters. And then we also talk a little bit about an experience he had where he had to remove a player from the game. And finally, at the end, we talk about his podcast, Dungeons & Degrees. We do have an ongoing design competition right now to design a location for a fantasy desert metropolis. So if you want more details on that, make sure you head over to the Discord server and you can get all of the details. We have one week, so the 23rd, we will be accepting submissions until then, at which point I will read through all the submissions and then decide a winner. The reward is a $10 gift card to either Amazon or Drive-Thru RPG. that's the winner's choice. So again, if you're interested or if you haven't done your submission yet, you still have one more week to do that. So head over to the Discord and get those in. There's also a submission form with all of the information in the description of this video. So check that out as well. And finally, before we get started, if you are interested in supporting the podcast, uh, first thing you can do is like, share, comment, and just engage with the episodes so that more people can find it. If you want to get in on the discussion and maybe be on the podcast, join our Discord server. That's the easiest way to get in uh, and talk to other people, potentially find and play in some games, and get in on an interview. And then finally, if you want to support us financially, check out the affiliate links in each of the descriptions of the shows for any of the products that we talked about on the show so if you're feeling like you want to get yourself a new rpg book head over use those uh, affiliate links and you'll be good to go and without further ado let's jump into the episode today i have adrian lawrence with me from the dungeons and degrees podcast welcome adrian
0: hi brock nice
1: to be here glad to have you uh, to get started why don't you tell us a little bit about how you uh, a little bit about yourself and how you got started in tabletop role-playing games
0: okay yeah um a little bit myself I'm a uh, let's see dungeon Master since I, mean, I guess real serious since my freshman year in college um so that's been a years ago and but I got introduced way way earlier than that um, my father got uh, sent to D&D, but it ended up killing us and our characters, and I just was getting frustrated. Essentially, the dice wasn't going in my favor, and I just never touched it until college. Um, DM'd off and on, a bunch of players all around Texas, because I kept moving, so I never had a consistent party. And uh, finally, when quarantines happened, I started playing World 20, and I have a year-and-a-half-long session, which is super cool. I didn't think we'd get here, but here we are.
1: And was that Um, campaign with just random people that you met online or were they friends from previous games
0: oh they're all online i i didn't trust myself to like do well and over the internet at first because i was afraid that my i guess cadence and motions and everything like that wouldn't travel well Uh, so i was nervous and i didn't want to mess up with my friends so i was like okay i'll mess up with these strangers but we just kept playing after a while um, yeah, and I, I started them off with Curse of Strahd. And they're from all over the United States. It's crazy, like each corner. <laughs> so
1: is balancing time zones a little bit tricky?
0: Well, I mean, that went into the searching part. Um, I gave them a an original questionnaire, and then after they, were, they filled it out, I put it all in this like word sheet, and then I did a secondary questionnaire just like, filling in spots, finding locations, or not locations, but, like, time zones, and when do you think we could start? So when everybody got together and finally decided, like, you know, these time zones would work out for me, I invited those people who said, yes, this time in this time zone would work for me. So I essentially got, like, I put 60 people into the Google Sheets, but I got had, like, 120 applicants. And uh, so it just took a while, but I found some people, and, you know, those who weren't as you know responsive to my second round of google sheet like questionnaires were the people that were like eh this is too much work like i want people who want who are going to put in the work i you know that not only came after i did it i was just like really nervous that's why i had all these questions
1: well it makes sense you kind of i mean you did kind of weed out the best
0: possible group for your situation then oh yeah very lucky to have them um, they, I mean, they've stuck around, you know, we have people come and go, um, what's called early in the campaign where like, this isn't for me or this is DMs, you know, I guess style isn't for me at the pace that we're going. And, you know, that's fine. Cause you know, there's, if I'm not your, you know, style, there's definitely someone out there that can, you know, fit your needs. So, I'm glad the people that have stuck around have just said, you know, they like what's going on. <laughs> So
1: what is, uh, speaking of style, what is your DM style?
0: Uh, I would say very laxed on the rules, um, mainly for the fact that I don't know all the rules, and I think that's okay, um, unless there's like some nitpicky stuff. I have a rules lawyer in my party, and not like the, like the, you know, this is how it's supposed to go. It's like, this is how it is. Here's like a, a tweet from uh, Jerry Crawford and all that stuff and um you know this is what we could do or you can do whatever you need to do dm I'm like uh, you know and i just kind of balance out what's supposed to happen i mean there's some disagreements that have come across and we're like okay here's how we're gonna play it until we find a better way to kind of facilitate this because i don't want to lose the momentum over one thing um but yeah very laxed i think and a lot of on the fly stuff and i forget a lot of stats even though I'm, i have the sheet in front of me i just like Oh, by the way, this guy can't get feared or hey, by the way, this guy got to DR. I'm just too busy like like hamming it up for them, just like showcasing what's going on in it, but to uh, read all the words and I'm like, oh, that shouldn't have been as easy or oh that shouldn't have been as hard. Uh things like that. But you know, if they can forgive that and I and how I play it, which is kind of very chaotic, um, I think they're pretty okay with it so far. And I guess that's why they stuck around that they're okay with like everything <laughs> I've been doing.
1: Well, and, and part of it, just uh, tabletop games in general, is that you're just trying to tell a, a fun, cool story, usually, right? So, that's as long as you're doing that, and like you said, your players are sticking around, then you're doing something
0: right. Yep, exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm always afraid that, like, if I ever like pull from the internet again, would I still get this good of a batch of people, or was I just very lucky? Um, I haven't done it yet. I have a lot of people who would like, or like a lot of people that want me to like play in their games or play with them. And I'm like, I, I, I don't have the time kind of thing, but (laughs) we'll see what happens after this, uh, session or this whole module is over. And where did you go to find people? Were you on like Reddit or
1: the Roll20? I think they have some searching capabilities as well.
0: Yeah. The looking for group on Roll20. That's what I used. Um. It was kind of hard uh, at first, kind of managing all of that because I I made a Discord server and I made that, and one of the people was like, "Hey, just let us know when we're not going to have a session or whatever." And I did it on one server, but not the other, um, because I, I I don't know, just it was just a hassle because I had Discord on my phone, but I didn't have the Roll Twenty system up or an app or anything like that. I don't know if they have an app. They do. They're they're working on something. I know that. Anyway, sorry scatterbrained um, <laughs> that's all right but but you know i just used the rule 20 and just found a lot of different people a lot of just like random names and uh it was it was interesting uh one guy he fit the aesthetic with his name um and i was like eh, maybe i don't know if this is just like pulling at me because you know we're playing chris of the and his name is vampire blood but let's see what's going on <laughs> So I had some people like that, and other people so like have their real names. Um, so it was just a mixed batch of individuals.
1: Well, as long as they're fun to play with, and um, are you the primary uh, dungeon master then for the group?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, th- so there it was. It's a mixed batch. Like two or three of them, I think, was this their first like foyer into Dungeons and Dragons, and the other three had played before. One of them had even DM'd this game, but it was on hiatus because of quarantine and wanted to keep playing it somehow, some way. And sure. he didn't want to play Curse of Strahd. He wanted to play something else, but he could only find Curse of Strahd games. And I'm lucky <laughs> to have him around. <laughs> I have not played um, yeah, Curse of I, I'm Strahd. the one who DMs. <laughs> I, I keep have spoilers been... away then. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. And I, I've just heard a lot of good things about it, or at least a lot of people seem to enjoy it or seem to be running it. So I... Mm-hmm. i assume that that's good marks on the module
0: um how... and, and they've updated some stuff recently too with that new uh book that came out which is something i kind of want but i don't need it because i already have a book but you know whatever <laughs> uh which, which book did they just release it was called uh i think it was like raven law revisited raven revisited or something like that or it's just curse of strahd but it's just a they edited some things inside the book that were a bit problematic um, and they changed, they added some cool monsters and some powers and all that stuff. So it's, and they got some like cool foiled back tarot cards from what I heard. Oh, oh So cool. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It comes in a little coffin. Uh, the whole Even book and better. everything. <laughs> exactly. Um, Can I sell that memorabilia? <laughs>
1: And bef- uh, before we got on the call, you mentioned a little bit about how you uh, prep games and that it may be a little bit non-conventional. Can you talk about that?
0: OK. Uh, for all you know, all my people that are listening, I, I'm probably going to tell my group about this. Um, I, I read the beginning and last part of the module and said, hey, I can run this. And I just started the game. And I was, like, reading chunks as we're playing ahead of time. Uh, and, you know, that was the majority of it. Like, I didn't finish reading the whole Curse of Shroud module until, like, I want to say three or four months ago. I um, So I wasn't, I didn't totally, I wanted to be kind of surprised along with them. That way things made sense to them and to me. Um, but once I read it, my usual like prep method is just relax because I have such like a high stress job. Um, I end up just like overthinking, so I don't. I, all my prep work has to be either the day before or more. But if it's the day off, I'm not doing anything other than just control at, um, looking up stat blocks and then just leaving it there and looking at it if I need it. Because sure. from what I've experienced. Being over prepared can cause you to um, <laughs> Hey. Sorry, my dog's just messing with something. <laughs> um, being over prepared can cause some like expectations to be fallen. I've been over prepared and I try to like force people down because like this is the only thing I know. This is the only way I know how to play this game because this is how much where I read it. Um, but I've been able to very easily manipulate the story, if I don't, if I have that, my mindset to be whatever happens, happens, roll with the punches, you'll think of something awesome on the way there. And it usually works out. And for the most part, I would say like 99% of the time, it's worked out famously. Um, I love to improvise. I love to homebrew some stuff every now and then. But in the end, it's just like, in the moment, I'm there with them. This is what I remember. And this is how it's going to go down. I I don't have any like ceremonies or anything. I just like play, play some shooter or something in the background, like right 15 minutes before go time. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm efficient, efficiently laxed. (laughs) And I just go into it. I'm like, Hey, you guys ready to play a game.
1: (laughs) Hey, that's awesome that you can be really relaxed with it. Um, does reading the last little bit of the module help you for just knowing like, okay, this is kind of where we have to get to at some point.
0: Uh Oh yeah. The, you know, here's where we begin. Here's where we end. The middle parts may matter, may not matter. You might get to that spot in the module. You might not. Your characters might want to go somewhere else entirely. and And, and that's what kind of like helped me. It was just like, the expectation of where they want to go is up to them. I'm not going to, like, you know, horse and carrot them around Barovia just to get to a certain place. I mean, I did let them know that something was going on behind them, but they're like, we've been in that town, like, three or four times. We just need to leave, okay? (laughs) The sooner we get rid of this big, bad, evil guy, the sooner that town will be not hectic. Uh, So they decided, like, okay, they're holding elections, so we'll see what happens. (laughs) um
1: and that's actually a really interesting point um one of the first games that i ever played was the fantasy flight star wars age of rebellion game Mm -hmm. and the their starter module i think i definitely had over prepared it because it i mean it has room for people to do stuff but then like like you said it was like the only pieces that i knew were what i read so then i tried to kind of cram that and now I agree, I would rather say, okay, here's how you start, here's maybe kinda how I know things need to end, but I know that the players are gonna go in and probably go off the rails, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna open it up so that there's no rails for them to go off.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't know what's gonna happen if you don't like you don't have an expectation of what's supposed to happen if you just ignore it. If you read the beginning and the end, you're like, Okay, I have a better idea and then read all the cool stat blocks at the end like i read all the uh what's called the magic items the people the cool monsters i'm like i want them to fight this this and this okay and eventually they'll get there or i'll just throw it at them one of the two uh you (laughs) just have that idea of like here are the bullet points of what i kind of want them to do and then we'll see what happens if one of them just get they just fly by one so be it i didn't prepare i didn't invest too much time I'll use that for something else. I'll bring that up later. Any monsters I forgot about, they're in my pocket now. I'm going to use that later. Just in case, like, oh, this is so easy. Bah. <laughs> Shades. <laughs>
1: um, I, and since I'm not familiar with the book, is the book itself pretty linear in how it lays out kind of the progression from the beginning to the end?
0: Sort of. Uh, they, so the progression of the book is um, here's a... Uh, here's the first city oh by the way if you want to play this module uh, for one level to one through three it's in the back of the book i'm like oh okay now i've got to get the back of the book okay you finish the module go back to the front of the book oh okay go back to the front of the book okay you're done with that okay now here's the places all around you and it like there's a big map okay a through z those are the places you can go and there's different paths and it jumps around a through z and that's how that book is formed just Here's the little checkpoints that you can go to. Here's the things that are in between. Um, here's the... Like, at the very beginning of that statement, like, here's the level they're supposed to be at, which, in all honesty, my team's kicking ass, so levels don't matter <laughs> at this point. They're pretty They're pretty at the end of it. And, yeah, I think that, for the most part, that's my method. Or, that's what the book looks like. Um, and the magic items are at the end. And that's, like, the second thing I read, because... <laughs> It gives you lore, it gives you, like, this guy doesn't like that guy, but they're fighting right now because they jade this guy. Like, it gives you the lore and the webbing of the world around you. These set-in places, like, these concrete places like the cities, and uh, these cool spots that aren't technically cities, but just, like, forests and stuff. Um, Those things will always be there, but the living, breathing aspects those people they'll be able to move around and do whatever you as a dm want them to do because the world kind of breathes without your players as soon as they meet somebody that person's either gonna be their friend or they're gonna die because they're an enemy <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and if they don't die how are they gonna come back from this how are they gonna be better they're not gonna like i'm a, uh, i almost died last time but i'm back how are they better that kind of idea I always try to make sure that they're teaming up or leveling up or like, you know, if they survive, they're not going to come back with the same tactic.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause they're, I mean, they, in most cases should be fairly smart individuals.
0: Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, they know the powers, they know what they're up against. How do they become better? I think there's this one spell that has been vexing me called darkness. And, they would go in there and all my creatures had disadvantage. Now, I could just throw in a random, wizard, uh, like, monster that has magic, AOE spell, boom, start messing with that. But I felt like, well, that's just like, oh, I found a need and fill it. Well, how do the people that are are going to be there, like, module-wise, how are they going to be better? What are they going to give up? How are they going to train? What do they know? That kind of stuff. Um and, you know, I, I give them some homebrew abilities. But, I mean, just because one of them or two of them have it doesn't mean, like, it's going to... The party has to just think, okay, kill the guys with the glowing red eyes that can see through my darkness, and then we can kill everybody else. Like, you know, there has to be some sort of, like, tactical, like, approach to fighting a set of... There's a large mob. Let's just wipe them up. Nothing you have to do here, kind of thing.
1: And, and that's actually a kind of a neat idea to just... If you have a, I would say like a a problem combo almost by the players, because I'm assuming the darkness is probably coming from like a warlock on your team or on the player's team. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and then just giving, I mean, you don't want to abuse it too much, but giving some NPCs a way to, to work around it in a way that feasibly makes sense within the setting and and the circumstances of encountering the players in the past i think that's a a decent way to get around some of those stronger combos
0: Yeah, and it's not like they don't have other things they can be doing like if i kept throwing the same monsters at them or not the same monsters but like the monsters that had the same hindrance as the past monsters what are they going to learn they're just going to learn that oh this is easy i'm going to do this this and this combo and we're golden, and then we keep moving out with the story. I'm like, okay, is that really going to be fun for them? Are they going to just keep, like, or is this going to be, like, okay, we know we can beat this, blah, blah, blah. How do I make this interesting? Invisible characters that have true sight. Easy. I'm not, but I don't want to, like, throw it out there without having a reason. Or, like, uh, monsters that have, or that can, like, what's that one? Earth Tremor? Or Earth sense. Oh, uh, Tremor can, Sense, yeah. Sense there we go. Like, they can see their footsteps and they can, like, move. Like, but does that make sense in this setting? Like, I, I want their, I want this, like, the creatures that are here are here for a reason. There's evil amongst them. There's giant powers out there. What can those powers give these people? Right. It's,
1: it's not because you're like, oh, the players have figured out how to defeat uh, my minions. Now... Going forward, all low-level minions have true sight or whatever, right? It's yeah. like we're going to make it specific to maybe certain spellcaster NPCs or or monsters or something that. that yeah, head honchos. Sense. Yeah, yeah. Or giving them this... ways to communicate mm-hmm. that information with their minions or whatever.
0: Yeah. I think I said this in a TikTok I posted just saying like, I don't want them to go all the way through Curse of Strahd and then get to the bad guy. And I haven't done anything to stop darkness. And them just kicking Strahd on the ground. They're like, I can't see you. And just pop, (laughs) pop, (laughs) pop.
1: But yeah, Uh, that's funny. So how did you introduce your first set of characters? Because you mentioned like people with red eyes. Tell me a little bit more about that.
0: Oh, Okay. So there was a single witch that survived from this coven. And she ran around the, what's it called? Ran around, started making alliances with other evil groups. Like, hey, these people are coming in. Like, I don't like you, but these guys can kick your ass. <laughs> so we need to work together. Um, I think they m- met up with one of them in the midst of the deal. And the players got to the top where they were making the deal saw her with these red eyes looking directly at the character that could be usually like where do i go um and he just she just locks eyes and grabs this um npc um character that he's looking after and like well i see you now and i see that and she she could tell that his eyes are looking at the girl he's like i can see that this is very important to you but alas i must leave and he's he's pissed because it's not his turn. And he runs off, and He's just casting like Eldritch Blast, and like he already used his spells or something. But oh no no no, what happened? Oh, it was a spell. That's what happened. He this the dirt rose from underneath their feet, consumed all of them in a this big cylinder that just goes straight to the sky and it settles, and then there's nothing there. That's what I did. And they didn't know where that what happened to <laughs> her.
1: That's awesome. It's very, yes. very cinematic for sure.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, guy gets to the very top. Uses his spell action to get through some like, what this rock barrier that they had. He would have to use strength, and his strength was not the good best. I'm like, he's like, agent. There would be like, you could. I can see outside, right? I'm like, probably. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> it was pretty good.
1: And your your players are pretty receptive to you kind of homebrewing stuff like that
0: in oh yeah i've i've I've, i mean it goes both ways i've i i at this instance where i think three out of three people weren't or three out of six people weren't there so i did a little like i didn't say quest but they just kind of rounded get information and because that they were there and they had you know they spent the time with me i gave them all each some magic items one was some homebrew stuff the other was something that was in game but pretty cool i thought they would like it a lot and then i forget what i did with the third player i think i gave them some like information on someone they were looking for um but i don't know like they're okay with that and i've i've had a player who's like i want to do this and i'm like that's freaking crazy but that sounds pretty cool uh let's see what we can do with it and even, you know, uh, what's it called. And they're just like me and that individual were working together on how to make this list balanced. Does this make sense? I mean, I was giving them a crap ton of spells, so I had to make sure, like, that 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 it was, you know, balanced. I'm giving you this whole like section in a spell list. You've got to sacrifice something. So I did hit hit points. So uh, every time you cast this spell, you take. X amount of D4 damage, and you can't heal that up until a long rest. So I did that for a while.
1: So you were basically giving them like access to additional
0: spells? Mm, yes, they had it, um, but they still had to use their spell slots normally. They just had, yeah, like you said, access to it. They just, It wasn't like free spells, but... Uh... Right, it was like
1: more spells known, kind of? Yes,
0: exactly. There we go but because they they get that those cool spells they're they're going to take a hit to their con- their life force
1: that's kind of an interesting so. way to to balance it too is then it's kind of a uh risk reward thing like can i you know you can take a little bit of damage here and there every once in a while but that adds up over time you know how frequently mm-hmm. do you want to be doing those other things right
0: and after like the first kind of go around, I had like, if I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep that because like every time I homebrew something for a character, I'm like, listen, underline, this is homebrew. I don't know if I'm doing this right. We might change it as we go. Just FYI, I'll make some sore reason, but like, you know, this is all just testing.
1: And that Um, seems to be going pretty well for you so far then.
0: Oh yeah. They understand. Um, A lot of my, players are understanding that the cool stuff that i make for them and also the cool stuff i make against them is all just either is work in progress if there's something that's stupid broken i will fix it on the spot like okay that's on me i homebrewed this incorrectly this is the stats now uh and i'll find some sort of in-game reason but i haven't had to do that for like any monsters or anything i've homebrewed a couple monsters but they've been fairly well received And easily beaten. (laughs) Probably easy enough. Probably usually
1: more easily beaten than you would generally like.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sometimes. But, you know, I, I find a way. Like, I think this was, like, on the spot. Like, I brought out these skeletons on the road. And they started attacking. And I'm like, this encounter was going, like, getting slaughtered. And I'm like, okay, you know, I think I want something different. And I found this this other skeletal monster and i'm like oh what if all these bones reformed and started like and grew um so i did that to just add a different flair, like a stage two to this monster uh just on the fly because they were just blasting through these guys like they were paper um, and they enjoyed that a lot of them got like hit and the cart was damaged but they were just like oh that would have could have gone bad i'm like okay that's what i want i want them to feel like whew, just got out of there You know that's a pretty neat um,
1: idea as well, especially with skeletons. I know sometimes you think about, or I've seen advice to do combat sometimes in waves, so that if you get too, if you're beating on your players too much, you can kind of send less in the next wave, or send more in the next wave if they're if they're taking it too easy. But that's a, a really neat way to reuse the original you know, minions you had in kind of a a cinematic way. It's still kind of the same idea. It's no different than sending in a bunch of goblins and then sending in, like, an ogre the second time. But, like, thematically, it's a really cool set piece to have, like, the skeletons reform into, like, a bigger creature. Um, I I have not seen anybody really talk about that before.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's been combats that have been, like, super easy until... I think I feel like most combat for them was pretty decently easy for a long time, mainly for the fact that I was afraid to kill my players um, as a DM. And I think I kept like, like, Hey, you guys might die this counter. But every time I say it, they've been blowing it out of the park every time. And I think it's mainly like hesitation on my part of like, throwing in the big spells first because like, I felt like, okay, I want these medium mediocre spells first and then the last hurrah, but usually the last hurrah has been counter or they kill them before it. And I've been just rethinking how do I approach this team of individuals and how do I fight them? Um, it's been really good um, experience because I, I mean, I was still learning. I'm like, you know, what's the fear of, or what's the point of playing this game? if not to have some sort of fear of like, I might die. If I know that my DM is like pulling the strings a little to make sure that I'm safe, then should I ever be scared of dying? Um So, and one of my players told me like after a fight, I'm like, listen, you're doing good. You just, I can tell when you pull back a little, and I know, but we're playing this game. So let's just play this game. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, I get that. So, and then I really appreciate that. Um, I think a couple like landmarks I stopped and asked the players, how do you feel the campaign's going? What do you want from it? And how am I doing? And what can I do different? Because I want to grow too. I'm having fun regardless because they're having fun, but how can we have more fun kind of thing?
1: Sure. And have you ever, have you killed any of your player characters in this campaign? Uh,
0: yet? Yes. It took me a while, but yes, I did. Um, What's it called? It was the same player twice and then a PC that they really loved. Um, But he had when he revived the first time, he had extra powers from something he got. He did. Um, It was this essentially he. He consumed some creature and it caused him to lose his mind berserk. And he took what did I say? 2d4 exhaustion afterwards uh they, he died because he rolled i think an eight which is six points of exhaustion as his immediate death when they revived him i'm like okay you have that same power but you still take the same damages this will regen all your health this will regen all your spell slots this will give you damage resistance this will give you all these stuff but when you come out of it you you will take that roll again and you might die again so like I gave him so many buffs, but a, a really like easy way to die. Have any of them died permanently? Um, uh, no. One of them we had, and this is kind of like the failing part of DM. One of them had to be removed, um, because of just not working with the team, and I had known it for a while, and I just didn't know how to approach it. And I tried to work with him. I tried to do everything for that person. And it just like and and, and it wasn't just me. It was everybody all my players, which I love my players, they they assisted. They're like, listen, we we're trying to, you know, do this together. Let's try to stick together. Also, you're not you're not totally a frontline character. Please stay out of this front line so we can protect you or you can sling your spells and all that. But that person wasn't listening. So they had to get him out of trouble every single time and they were tired of it. Um one he kind of triggered uh one of our players from a because that player had a past trauma, and this guy just kind of like let it all out there just post game and they were like uh okay, you know, and he left he left the game on his own and then he wanted to come back and I'm like, I can't have that happen again, and the best way for me to know that's not gonna happen again is not to have you back unfortunately and and that's a rough conversation yeah, and it, it it's it's something that now that I've done it, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be easier, but I, it took, like, I, he, was, he was causing tension throughout the whole campaign, unfortunately. There were some days he was good, but most days, unfortunately, it was, like, hard to deal with and hard to, like, you know, he would go off on his own and he's, like, you know, nothing would hurt him. During this instance where, like, he kind of pissed off the bad, Big Bad Evil, the Big Bad Evil slammed his head into the, the dinner table and it broke his nose, and he goes, "No, my nose is not broken, and I'm like, okay, like we're <laughs> you know that like we're we're okay, fine, whatever uh, we, we you i mean one, you could have easily healed that up later, but and two, like why are you like we're, we're making this like you you messed with him there has to be consequences, but he wasn't seeing that, um, so he was like kind of talking back, and you know you can have some differences. Like I'm not going to rip off your arm or anything, but I just like made some flavored text to what happened. But, and he always wanted to be like the one in the lead and he couldn't be made fun of, but he could make fun of everybody else. And that was another thing. Like, sure. There's this thing I like to call splash damage. Um, I think there's a better word for it or people use it differently, but like you and as player characters to player characters, you insulting somebody, in game to the other to the other player character has some effect to that individual like you know they've put something into that character it feels like you're insulting them because they've made it this character and it's personal to them and you insulting them in a non like banterish way um consistently like is going to affect someone so like i had to cut that off yeah just like listen go ahead
1: I was going to say, yeah. I mean, that's gonna wear on the whole, the whole group at that point if it continues for a long time.
0: Yeah, just that whole experience is just gonna be soured by them. Um, so, I mean, and I and I I think in that respect, I've been able to kind of come out, become better as a DM, like see that happen and address that issue. See the other issue, like when I had to kick him out, or when I t- had to tell him to stay out, because like I would have had to have a long conversation with him and maybe probably kick him out, but he did it on his own. He wanted back. I'm like, no, I can't have that back.
1: Yeah, it's probably uh, good that he decided on his own. I think I think the conversation to remove somebody from the table would be more difficult than to just not allow them to come back in.
0: Yes, and I, and I think that. Now that it's happened, I, I'll be better for it. Though, like, I understand what's going to happen. I understand how I was going to feel, and I knew the majority of the people were just like trying their best to make that individual a better player. But that you know, he'd be good for one week, and then the next week he's just like, nope, not gonna have it. And so, you know, it was it was kind of a unfortunate long time coming. And you know, I wanted it to work. I wanted this game to be for everybody, but. There's just some point where, like, if you try to cater to everyone's needs, somebody's gonna not get their needs met eventually. Right. Like some like, you do, do more for this person, not to than anybody else. It's gonna seem like favoritism, or it's gonna seem like, you know, you don't care about the rest of the party because you're just always trying to fix this one per- person's, like, ideal of what the game is. And, like, we're all trying to play this game together. It shouldn't be a one person trying to dictate everybody's ideology or everybody's kind of um ideas to his own needs you know this is a group thing we have a discussion
1: right the group's got to mesh and and at the end of the day it could be that he just needed a different group with a different style
0: and it might
1: be a perfect fit
0: yeah and i think that's what he needed And he, and i told him like that you had fun in this game right there's gonna be another game out there you didn't expect to have fun here there's going to be another game out there for you
1: it definitely sounds like a, a very difficult um situation to be in i i have been lucky that i haven't had to really deal with problem players i also have a very small sample size of people that i've actually played with so i'm sure, <laughs> sure. as that grows the chances of having a problem player will also grow um yeah but yeah it just props to you for handling it the way you did and i think working with the with the the other players at the table to kind of make the right decision there.
0: They helped me as well. Like it wasn't just me trying to fix everything. They like after a session, they had like a three hour conversation with the player, just try to like explain to him why these things were problematic or why things kind of annoyed other officials. Like they're literally taking their own time. Like that was like three hours is our usual session time, but they took their time in a whole session of trying to help fix it too. And I was just like, Like, we, we, you know, they tried, I tried, and, you know, sometimes there's not a happy ending.
1: And that's something that I haven't really heard people talk about online either, is having the other players at the table kind of have a confrontation or just a discussion. Um, Because I think a lot of times, at least when you read about the stories online... It's, mm-hmm. it's usually kind of comes down to like it's the DM's responsibility somewhat to manage the table, I guess. And mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, it, it is a group thing. So the entire responsibility doesn't necessarily need to fall just on your shoulders if it's affecting everybody else at the table.
0: Yeah, no. Like, I think an important thing to take away is like, this is your time that you're 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 spending. If there's an issue, kind of talk about it because, like, this should be fun for everyone. And if there's something going on that can be easily changed, you know, talk about it. Um, like, have an open discussion amongst your players and DMs because I think that conversation. Just because like he's you know running the game or she. It doesn't mean that you have to be complacent with everything there can like, and also DMs open up to your players, talk to them. Uh, I always have like a 15 minute conversation afterwards with these people. I mean, it's easy to just log out of a call and that's it. But like, you know, have, have fun, get to know them, these people. I mean, for the most part, you already know them, but like ask how the session went, make sure everyone's on the right foot because we don't want this anger or upsetness to boil over for a week let's try to kind of talk about anything that happened that didn't go well right out at the bat right if you have a problem with something or you didn't like how a
1: certain situation was handled or something let's just kind of deal with it now and then look forward to next week instead of brooding over it
0: mm-hmm. and i'm not saying like hey dm you did this wrong like Hey DM, like, there's this thing called a compliment sandwich. Like, hey, I like this what you did. Um, there's this part where I didn't quite, you know, get it or understand it or kind of like, you know, didn't sit well with me. Um, can we talk about, you know, why you did that and kind of like why my reaction was like that? You know, and be open with that thing. Like, a lot of, and then like, okay, and I also liked you did this. You know, smash it up. Should, see what hap- what's happening? Uh, because people will respond better to that. Or else sometimes it's it's hard to take, like, criticism as a DM.
1: Yeah, just in general, taking criticism can be difficult because it's easy to sometimes take things personally when, oh, yeah. you know, they maybe shouldn't be taken that way, but can be easy yeah. to do. Exactly. I think now we could probably go and kind of shift over to chat about your podcast a little bit, if you want.
0: <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, so I run a Dungeons & Dragons slash kind of like, I want to say lifestyle or help or something like that kind of channel where we just talk about life and D&D, or D&D and life, we live around it. That's how we phrase it somewhere in some bio on some platform. Okay. <laughs> um, but we bring we brought on a, a bunch of different individuals. At first, it was just like um, artists who did D&D commissions, and then it grew into like, um, people who kind of like are D&D adjacent or and their games that they're like coming up with or any board games. And recently I've been getting into talking to people who um, place things on the GM's guild. Um, they've been a real hoot. Like their creative spirit and talking to them kind of gets me amped up every time. <laughs> it's super awesome. Um, but yeah, and some of our DM friends and people who just started out and playing in Dungeons Dragons. So I, I wanted to get a, varsity, a, varsity, <laughs> a versatile list of individuals um, because I'm always excited to meet somebody new.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. And it's it's a pretty similar format to this, right, where it's kind of just a casual conversation with the the person that's on that week?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so the dynamic here when we started was me as a veteran GM and ch- newly trying to get into, like, grad school which is the degrees part and someone that has been to grad school and graduated who is just getting into dming and dungeon dragons so we have this dichotomy of what's going on um also she's like very like uh what's it called she doesn't know who's coming on usually and i just like all right we're interviews so we're like okay i'll google it when we get there <laughs> and she has this like other perspective that always is helps me out one with like any awkward pauses or just, like, you know, opening up, and just a, a new line of ideas that I hadn't been thinking about, because I was just so set on one. She helps me diversify. It's me um, and Alex, who run this podcast together. Um, but yeah, we. We've I think, if you go check it out, I think my one of my favorite episodes is going to be, I think, episode 11 with Carlos Luna. He runs, I think, content creation for Roll20, which is pretty cool. And then lee which i want to say is like 27 or 36 oof anyways um they create a um content for uh like commission work and it's a pretty penny but it's worth it i freaking love their art um so and we talked about identity and like what it's like to kind of like try to figure out who you are and how to approach a subject matter that you wouldn't be comfortable in real life to talk about but trying it out in game and in a pseudo sense to like test out the waters and see how it works and you know be you know a witness to those kind of opportunities so those two episodes highly recommend um but yeah just a whole lot of hoot and hollers just we go off the rails like real bad like ridiculously bad we just go off the rails um especially when we have people on a second time like that facade of like professionalism and you know this is what i expect as a podcast out the window the second time we have them on because we just we get very friendly with them real quick and we just talk about the craziest dumbest shite that's been there sorry oh no <laughs> you're good cut that out <laughs> um, um no that's awesome just the
1: that's just part of the fun, right? Is I mean, it's your podcast, you can make it to be however crazy or serious that you want it to be, so you might as well have fun with it, right?
0: Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah of course, can't wait to keep interviewing people. So, and I was glad to be on the other end for the first time, so pretty cool. Um, I, I felt like a little ranty there, so, <laughs> you know, but I think that's what I'm supposed to as the guest. I don't know. It just foreign into me. <laughs>
1: yes. Um, as the guest, I've had a lot of people say that, like, oh, I just feel like I was rambling in this section, but you're the one being interviewed. So you can ramble as long <laughs> as you want. If I don't have to say like anything, the whole interview, that's perfect. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but awesome. yeah, that is probably a little different for you being on the, the receiving end instead of the giving end of the interview. Mhm, exactly, exactly.
0: We're on most podcasting platforms. We got a Instagram, D and in Degrees or Ding Degree Pod and then a TikTok. Um sl- kind of slowed down on that one, but we have we're all over social media. You can look us up. Um soon, hopefully once I finish Crosstra, I'll be streaming too. And that is on Dungeons and then The Letter n Degrees. So that's going to be fun.
1: And when you'll be streaming that, is that gonna be like on YouTube or Twitch?
0: Oh, it's gonna be on Twitch. Sorry <laughs> yes, it'll be on twitch i um, I'm slowly getting some uh some music and some stuff that I can like stream as and not be afraid of like getting like t o s or anything oh, together. Yeah. yep, yeah,
1: it can be difficult to know like what's acceptable to use in terms of just other
0: media on stream yeah Yeah. luckily i have some people that i've interviewed that know people of people who kind of create music um and i've seen some that are on you know tiktok as well like i'm trying to figure out what's going to be the most cost-effective method and also what's going to be fun and what kind of styles are you going to be in but yeah i've been looking around (laughs) well i'm gonna have to
1: keep an eye on what you find because that might be helpful over here as well oh yeah hey no just
0: let me know Uh, We go live on Sundays at ten a.m. That's when every uh, episode should be out, unless I go get behind, which you know, life happens, and I I try my best, but you know, some things I just can't foresee.
1: Yeah, I I totally get that, and I'm I have been extremely behind because of work and some other things. So I typically do mine on Friday mornings, Um, Mm -hmm. and like I haven't, I don't have. I didn't have any this week until yesterday, and you are now like the third interview that I've done this week. So I'm trying to get back ahead yeah. of my schedule.
0: No, I completely understand. I had a, a, a like, something happened with my co host, so we had to be silent for like two months. So I, I'm like, okay, I have all these backups. I'll or be good for a little bit, but not two months worth of stuff. So it's been good. I, I'm glad, you know, stay ahead, and then you won't fear being behind um easier said than done though yes. <laughs> for sure yes very much so it's been awesome talking to you
1: um i re- really enjoyed our conversation tonight
0: of course thank you for having me um it was in- an enjoyable thing to just blabber on without many consequences or my co-host saying adrian you know hold hold up hold up you know really me back in <laughs> um yeah that's awesome so
1: so i guess i could probably stop recording now but um so like off the episode um do you think that your co-host would be interested in also doing an interview with me sometime
0: maybe i'll have to see what she's available um but usually she's pretty good about that i'll ask her because i think i think it would be fun to
1: have had both of you guys on the show <laughs> Um yeah
0: and then we're gonna have to have you on the show
1: that that would be awesome as well i am completely willing to to come on and and have my seat uh Rolls <laughs> for the first time, exactly. Um, how do you how do you tend to schedule
0: um, just interviews and stuff? Oh, a cold call. I cold call to a bunch of people. Some people will not respond. Some people will. Some say they don't have time. Um, it just depends. Um, that's what I've been doing. Um, it for, like so like when I said that I I talked to the artist. Oh my god, my heart. Freaking a pit of pattern. Like, <laughs> I was so nervous. Literally, I, I, in this Word doc, I'm like, okay, uh, um, it's messages I'm afraid to fail at. Okay, okay, that's cool. I'm not going to put that in, but that's how I feel. <laughs> so, and I wrote them a message and I reread it and I changed it up. And I have this format I have usually of how I send this out. And I make sure that there's something personal, like in the middle of there saying, like, this isn't just all copy paste and your name is switched. Like, th- I know who you are. And i want you to come in but you know here's the niceties at the beginning here's the niceties at the end but look this is why i watch you on this is just me being real um and, and i just asked and i was afraid for the longest time and you know slowly but surely i started getting more people more people more people and usually the best way i've seen to get like carlos luna who's the creator of, of Roll 20 um and Mike Trapp, who was a content or writer for College Humor, to get on it was just their own personal websites. It was the easiest oh, way to get to them. Sure. um sure. I yeah. tried to get Brennan Lee Mulligan. Um, oh, yeah, Haven't heard back, but I bet his website was just down forever and I finally got back up. But uh, he's got a wedding to plan for. He's got a shit ton of things to do. So uh, I've been like, you know, send that message out there. Come back in a year or two. You've got many people to interview. It's going to be fine. You'll have content to create. It's going to be fine.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm like right now. I'm working through. I so I just posted on Reddit just to get like anybody that runs a game. Mm-hmm. Just just let me know, and maybe I'll get some people. And I have like a hundred and probably fifty people now on my list. <laughs> <Sheet>. um, <laughs> none of them are like really like high powered individuals i would say like mm-hmm. you know like creator of roll 20 or you know anything like that so but that's really cool to see that you guys have been able to get a hold of some of those people and get them on um, yeah because those would be fun for me as well to eventually shoot for um
0: yeah do I mean you have your, your your content? You know, whenever they you can, you do it. Like today, I was supposed to have a writer up, but he said he had an appointment, so I got to reschedule it for another time next week. But you know, it's it's just whatever. I mean, whatever your style is, and whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, and I'm sure as as you've gotten more
1: episodes out, that probably helps your case too to have some of the bigger people on, right? Because it's more
0: more reach on your end so yeah i mean like so um so the one person that did finally tell me no was uh who's that twitch streamer uh gosh arcadium something like that he responded and then he'd give told told me to give a look but he never like I, i and after a month of silence i asked him he's like i just don't have the time i'm like okay that's fine like that was the first no i had and that was after what like we had 30 episodes mm-hmm. but they need a reason to come on they need can they you know put on a reach for other individuals some people are like that and then some people are just like hey i see you as a small creator I, i'm i'm down to talk to you um and stuff like that it just really depends yeah
1: yeah for sure and yeah like i said i haven't really reached out to any any big people yet so but it'll be interesting to to try and do that in the future um yeah and it's awesome to to have you on as also as kind of another small creator too to oh yeah kind of go back and forth and hopefully we can we're each other small
0: <laughs> what It's like oh yeah we're small <laughs> super small <laughs> like uh I'm, I'm i know we're small so like i get it like i don't know i i don't know if he'll ever like no, well, I really know when I'm when I'm getting bit better and better. But like, I look at the anchor views and it's like stuck at one number. I'm like, you know, that's fine. You're having fun with this, you know, do whatever. Yep,
1: I, I started this. Um, I mean, it would be really cool to like make money from it and do it as like a job or a career or something. Yeah. But like, I got a long ways to go before that ever happens. So my my intentions with starting it was like. You know i don't get to i don't have a lot of people in my circle that i really get to just sit and nerd out about D and D and rpgs and stuff so i'm just gonna go find the people on the internet who are in that circle and then i'm gonna make my own circle and and just get to talk to a new person every week about uh stuff that i enjoy so i i it'd be cool if i could get paid from it but that's also not really the the main focus either you know as long as it's mm-hmm. sustainable on my end, it doesn't really matter,
0: yeah but No, I, get, I, I understand that yeah
1: cool well i can I can let you uh get back to the rest of your night, but um for sure it was it was a lot of fun having you on um talk to your co-host and just see if she would be interested in coming on sometime doesn't have to be soon if she's busy or whatever um yeah, I'll let you know. And then whenever you have a slot and you want to have me on, I just ping me on Discord probably, and I'll be more than happy to schedule some time and, and go from there.
0: Gotcha. It might be the end of July. We'll see. I have uh, I'm on call, which means mm-hmm. I, I might have to be ready at for 24 hours for five days. Uh, it's tiring and so i don't do any recordings then because i i, I don't want to end a conversation midway through yeah. but i'll i'll be we usually record on wednesdays so maybe i'll I'll reach out on the 28th or before the 28th and we'll see what happens
1: yeah that's actually perfect because like this weekend we got a house sit for my parents and then the next weekend my wife and i are on, on a vacation so getting into that like next like the last two weeks of july I'm, I'm actually freeing up as well so that's that's actually perfect
0: all right um, well i'll i'll confirm that information um when we get closer to it to see, make sure my co-host will be good as well
1: cool and then um just for your information mm-hmm. at least for where i've got your interview at I, I try to release them in order so yours would then probably release on july 16th um
0: your fridays, fridays fridays so that's like right? two, okay.
1: two, two fridays weeks from now yeah okay but, cool yeah so but oh and i can ping you before it goes live too
0: um sounds golden but
1: yeah that's been awesome i great having you on and i look forward to talking to you uh, and your co-host again soon
0: all right no problem you have a wonderful night thank you for having me on yes really appreciate can. it
1: you bet you too thanks
0: Thanks for listening
1: to this week's episode of Dungeon Master's Toolkit Podcast. You can find links to all of the products and resources that we talked about on the show in the show notes. And if you'd like to join the community or find out how to be on the show, check out our subreddit or join us in our Discord server.